Hi, this is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Amanda Atkins. As a communications and culture leader at Slack, Amanda has played an integral role in defining the best practices on how to leverage Slack as a company messaging and collaboration tool. In this episode, we talk about messaging strategies for major company milestones, building culture through a collaboration platform, and how to operate without email. In a few moments, you'll hear Amanda talk about context switching which is when a company changes channels for how they communicate with employees. For example, use Slack for all of these reasons, but this totally different platform or tool for another reason. When I talk with executives that are responsible for communications, people, and culture, they are grappling with two primary questions. One, how do I reduce context switching? I need my messaging and my employee experience to be as frictionless as possible. And two, what if my messaging needs to be consumed synchronously and what can be consumed on demand. In my day job, I work with companies on their audio strategies. Businesses are rapidly leveraging internal company podcasts as a way to connect with employees. This checks off the on-demand part of the equation. But the context switching is still an issue because privately sharing audio content is fraught with security risk or it requires the introduction of new apps. Venly is an audio platform for business and we believe that your audio content should live where you do business. I'm incredibly excited to share our Slack integration. Now, companies can link their Slack workplace from the Venly dashboard and on a per piece of content basis, share a player link directly into the desired channel. Access to the audio is secured through SSO via Slack. It can be listened to while you're at your computer or while you're out for a walk, but always through the Slack context. The players are custom branded as the company partner and all with enterprise grade listener insights. One other cool thing, each piece of content has its own customizable call to action button. So integrate type forms, pull surveys, benefits documentation, or a new hires LinkedIn. Interested in leveraging audio as part of your employee engagement strategy? Email me directly at brian at venly.co. That's brian, B-R-I-A-N, at venly, V-E-N-N-L-Y.co. And now, the incredible Amanda Atkins. Hi, Amanda. Hello. How are you? Amanda Atkins is Senior Director, Head of Internal Communications and Culture at Slack, where she's led efforts around employee and executive communications, change management, engagement, and culture for the company's global workforce since 2016. Her experience spans a variety of communications and organizational development roles across multiple industries. During her tenure at Slack, Amanda established and scaled the internal communications function to support hypergrowth. Successfully took Slack public with its direct listing in June 2019, co-led the company's global COVID-19 response team and the shift to remote work, and has advised more than 200 Slack customers in transforming their communications and engagement strategies. She recently managed the announcement of Slack's acquisition by Salesforce and is currently leading all communications, change management, and employee engagement efforts in support of the transition. Prior to joining Slack, Amanda led global technology communications at Gap Inc. after establishing the internal communications function for Liberty Mutual's personal insurance business unit. She's also worked at JP Morgan Chase, L Brands, and Owens Corning. Amanda is originally from Ohio and has lived all over the United States, but California is now home. She lives in the San Francisco Bay Area with her husband, Jeff, and their son, Henry. And you can find her on Twitter at Amanda Atkins. Amanda Atkins, thank you again for being with us today. I am so happy to be here. Thank you, Brian. So we just read this a little bit in your bio. In the last three years at Slack, you've worked to message an IPO, COVID, 
and an acquisition. There are internal communications professionals that don't have that much action over the course of 30 years, let alone three years. Obviously, an IPO and COVID are really different from one another, but reflecting back on these different events, is there a through line or general theme that you can draw on across these different discrete events? How did it impact your communication strategy? There absolutely are some really core table stakes elements that apply no matter what kind of a change effort you are doing. And regardless of whether it's something celebratory like an IPO or something that is really challenging like COVID, it's a change exercise for employees. And we're all people with different needs and different uh, takes on different situations. And so there really are some core common elements there. And I would say it really boils down to three things. One, the absolute best change management tool that you have is transparency. And so whether you are talking about going public and you're letting employees know what's happening and when it's happening and what's gonna, what it's going to mean for them, there's an element of transparency there to say, this is what we know now. This is what the timeline's going to be. These are the rules and regulations around this kind of event. And so you're going to see that we won't be talking about some of this stuff in the same way that we used to before we announced we were going public. That may feel strange, totally get it, totally understand. Um, here's why that is the case. And here's how that actually plays out. And just going that extra mile to say, not just what is happening, but why it's happening and acknowledging the things that may feel weird or different and may be those jarring moments for people. When you're in a situation like COVID, things are changing so, so rapidly. And like a lot of companies, uh, you know, you're looking at when are we going to close offices and what is that going to look like? And when are we going to reopen offices and what is that going to look like? And how are we reacting to the unique needs that people are having during a global crisis? Uh, how are we making sure that our, we have the right benefit resources in place? How are we making sure that we have the right uh, system set up to support uh, different kinds of leaves that we maybe didn't have before? That's the kind of situation where people are going to have questions and that sort of concern at level is going to be much bigger than you're able to necessarily meet. And so being able to say, we don't have that answer right now, but we're working on it and we're going to be able to tell you by this date, or we haven't figured that out yet. And we would love your input on how that, um, like what you really need to understand where you are and we can meet you there. Um, being able to, to have that kind of adult to adult clarity and transparency, even when you don't know the answer is really key. Another thing, being clear, concise, and empathetic. You wanna be able to be direct with people, but also recognize that they may be at a point where they need somebody to say, it's okay that this is hard. And yes, there will be change. Yes, something will be different. Uh, and this is how we're going to support you through it. And if you have a hard time with it, that's okay. You don't have to pretend that everything is rosy all the time. Um, and that gets to my third point on this one, which is really about knowing your people. And so whether your company is 10 people or 10,000 people, whether you're all in one location or you're all around the world, it's really vital to understand your audience and to know what makes them tick, what's freaking them out, what is making them inspired, what motivates them, what's going to be really, really different for this part of your audience than this other part of your audience, and how can you really meet people with where they are with your communication strategy? So, you know, I think whether it is something, uh, you know, something like COVID where it's evolving quickly all the time, or it's something like an IPO, which is like really this huge buildup to a major event, 
these core elements are the same. And if you account for those things, then you're going to be able to create the right kind of employee experience without creating a lot of distraction for the employee base. You just spoke on this a little bit, right? There's so many employee questions that need to be navigated around an IPO or, or an acquisition. COVID brought a whole new set of questions. I think we're all still sort of <laughs> unpacking what is uh, the COVID reality into the future. You mentioned leading with transparency, but when you're thinking about messaging around these events, are you anticipating the questions and then working with executives to address them? Are you doing focus groups to get the company temperature? It feels like company surveys with questions like, how would you feel if we were acquired by Salesforce? Like probably isn't the best act. <laughs> no. Can you walk me through how you define internal messaging around these major company or world event milestones? Yes, absolutely. And I would say before I even go into those situations, I need to really know my audience. So from my point in the last, in the last bit about uh, knowing your people and knowing what makes them tick and knowing what is going to cause them to panic and be totally distracted from work, what is going to inspire them and motivate them to really hunker down. Knowing your people that well is really vital to being able to create this kind of messaging. And that doesn't happen by accident. So from my perspective, there are a few things that you can build into your communications strategy that can help you do that on a regular basis. One, one thing that uh, I have found incredibly useful, regardless of industry, company size, et cetera, is to have a network of employees across the business who can really represent all of those different points of view. And whether you call it your ambassador network or your employee network or your employee community, whatever, but being able to identify employees who are those culture carriers, who are not going to be afraid to speak up, who are going to give you really strong feedback around what is happening, give you input on what employees are feeling and keep in touch with them on a regular basis. I think it's wise to have at least one live meeting with those people uh, every month. I like to maintain a Slack channel that's always on where you can always be communicating with them. And having a community like that that you can tap into helps you have eyes and ears and understanding where you as one person, or even you know, if you're a large team, you're still not gonna be able to really understand the entire company. So being able to create that kind of cross-functional representative network will help you have a better understanding. And that way, when you come into a situation where you need to put together uh, messaging around a complex event, a new event, something that is happening like that, you already have a good sense of where people's heads are. So you may not be asking questions like, how would you feel if we're acquired by Salesforce, which I agree is definitely not the right tactic. But when you have that kind of plug into your employee base, you're going to have a good understanding of how they're feeling about the state of the company, how they're feeling about the leaders of the company, whether they are feeling trust in them, whether they are feeling inspired by the kinds of things that they're saying, whether they are feeling confident in the future. And so then if you need to introduce something like an acquisition, you understand sort of the temperature across the board uh, in regards to the health of the company, the health of the relationships with leaders, and you can account for that as you're building out uh, that initial messaging. Now, that doesn't mean you always totally get it right. Um, I do like to test messages with, uh, with groups when you can. When you're doing something like an acquisition, there's not a lot of room to be able to test messaging because everything is so confidential. But there are a million low, lower stakes types of communications that happen on a regular basis where you can do that. So often I will even go to my uh, ambassador network and say, here's something that we're thinking about rolling out to the company. 
uh, confidentially want to share it with you. I would love you to just poke a million holes in it and tell me how it's going to land and what's not, what's going to work and what's not going to work. Um, I've even had, you know, our CEO come and do that when, when we were rolling out a new set of employee attributes a few years ago and being able to bring that kind of accessibility uh, to executives and to new ideas into that group uh, can really help you build credibility and build uh, a much, much stronger communication strategies. Other things that uh, are important that influence how these things happen too is just one is really, really knowing the business and understanding kind of the ins and outs and understanding, okay, if we're going to be announcing this, then that's going to create points of friction in this part of the business. But I think that based on the way that this other part of the business is set up, it's actually could be really good for them. And how can we take advantage of that when we're building out the narrative? Uh, so that once you get people through that initial, like, oh God, something is changing, they can start to see like, oh yeah, this will actually be good for me. Or this might be something that is challenging, but at least they've proactively accounted for it and how they're telling me about it. So I think that's, that, that's a little bit of how you want to come into a situation like this so that you have the right mindset, the right understanding, the right context to be able to build out these narratives in an effective way. Um, and, and a lot of that is, yes, as you mentioned, predicting a lot of the questions that employees are going to have and making sure that you're accounting for those ahead of time. I like to be able to, to when I'm going into a big announcement, I like to be able to start with a strong FAQ that uh, can, can hopefully proactively address you know, 80% of the questions that employees are going to have. But in addition to that, because you are never going to answer everyone's questions, you're never going to uh, have that psychic power right, to completely know what they're going to ask. I, I think it's vital to provide a venue for people to ask questions right away. So one way I like to do this is if I'm putting out a major announcement, there's going to be an FAQ, probably definitely for employees and possibly a separate FAQ that's more for managers to help them more directly support their employees one-on-one. And in addition to that, I will direct them to a dedicated Slack channel where they are able to go and ask questions and have them answered within a, a clear SLA. And that way we're able to see right off the bat, what did we miss? What are people reacting with? How are they feeling about this? Are people asking questions and then 25 people are immediately adding a plus emoji to indicate that they also have that question? Then that tells me we need to get on top of that because we missed that in advance as something that people are going to care about. But being able to provide them that clear and I would say public forum to be able to ask those questions right away means that you can very quickly react and get people kind of back on track. Because when these kinds of questions go unanswered, it just creates major distraction for your business and it creates a lot of swirl. And it's like you end up with something that's kind of like festering over in the corner because you don't know until it blows up. Um, so being able to provide people a venue where you can, they can bring you those questions right away will help you get out in front of that and prevent things like this, things like, you know, big announcements, big situations from being as big of a distraction as they could otherwise be. So I think the idea of creating a dedicated Slack channel to address a company announcement is really interesting. Are, are there other best practices that you've developed for internal communications leveraging Slack? Yes, absolutely. So and I don't only say this because I work for Slack and I love Slack, but because I really do believe that it is such a powerful internal communications tool. But I cannot fathom doing some of these large 
announcements and these massive change efforts without Slack. And let me walk you through a little bit of how that actually happens. So one of the one of the beautiful things about Slack is the way that you're able to have a single source of truth. And granted, this all depends on how you set up your communications infrastructure within your organization. But we have it's we have it set up so that there are dedicated announcement channels for different audiences in the company. So if you know, for me as an employee who sits in San Francisco, I am going to be in the global announcements channel, the San Francisco announcements channel, and then the announcements channel for my department. And so I know that I'm going to get the absolute vital information that I need to do my job from those three channels. And that is going to be customized then for every employee across the company is going to have their core announcement channels where they're getting official company information and uh, they know exactly where and how to find it. And when you have a major announcement like this, I think it's, it's very important to start by putting them an announcement, whether it's from the CEO or from whichever leader makes sense, depending on what the topic is, putting that announcement into your global announcement channel or whatever is your primary company announcement method. So maybe for one company that is a Slack channel, maybe for another company, it's sending a company-wide email, whatever it is that you know is going to get to the vast majority of your employees, the absolute fastest is the best way to start. So I like to start with a uh, announcement in our global announcements channel. And then as part of that announcement, let people know when they are going to have an opportunity to, to hear from the senior leadership live on that topic. And I like to do those things in very fast succession. So for example, when we and when Slack announced that uh, we had confidentially filed to become a public company way back in February of uh, 28, 2019, my goodness. And when we announced that we were going to, um, that we filed confidentially to become a public company, we put an announcement in our global announcements channel and we held a company-wide all hands about an hour later. And so that happened in very, very, very fast succession. And that gave us an opportunity to get in front of employees with not just an opportunity to reiterate the news, but to let them know exactly what that meant to them at a time when we knew that if we didn't address those questions right away, it was going to create a huge distraction. And so we were meeting employees where they are by recognizing these are the things that they're going to really, really want to know. And also there are a lot of things that we need them to know so that they don't accidentally misstep. So when, you know, when you're going to become a public company, there are all kinds of rules around the quiet period and making sure that employees are showing up in the right way and not accidentally saying the wrong thing to the wrong person. Um, there are rules around how they engage on social media, things as very specific as you cannot like this kind of article if you see it on a social media platform. And that will blow people's minds a little bit to be like, oh, wait, like my behavior in such a otherwise would seemingly low key way could actually negatively impact our ability to do this business transaction. That seems crazy. And so being able to have that, that live session very, very quickly after the initial announcement enabled us to help people understand what those rules were, make them real, make them tangible. And at the same time, give them that immediate timeline for this is what to expect. This is how it's going to impact you. This is the kind of support that you're going to have throughout this process and helped just get everybody to a state where they could go like, okay, now I know what's happening. I have a pretty solid idea of what it's going to feel like for me. I have a pretty solid idea of what is going to happen from the company perspective. Sure. I have a lot of unanswered questions, but I have enough right now that I can like go on with my day and be okay. 
and being able to create that level of like confidence and you know ability to sort of compartmentalize like i've got enough here that i can put that away for now and go back to what i need to focus on in my role is really the right balance to strike and the other thing i like about being able to put a message out to the company a written message before you try to announce something live is that it it ensures greater accessibility for your audience. So there are going to be some people who can't tune into a live event right away. There are going to be some people who uh, need that ability to go back and reference some of the details uh, later on, but it's much, much easier if it's a written um, element versus a live element. There are so many things that, depending on the sophistication of your accessibility uh, technology within your organization, uh, you know, an employee might be like, oh, I really needed captioning or I really needed an interpreter or I really needed something that you may not be able to provide on that sort of turn of a dime. So that's one other reason I like to do things um, in written form before doing anything live. But the final thing is being able to time your communications so that employees find out either before or at the same time as the outside world. So that's another benefit of being able to have something in writing is you can literally press post on your announcement, whether it's about going public or it's your announcement about an acquisition or whatever it is, either at the same time or you know, right before or right after you're hitting post on that press release. And so that way there is no time in between when you're letting the outside world know and you're letting your employees know, which again, builds a lot of trust, builds a lot of credibility and helps reinforce this idea that they are part of this story. They are part of this journey, and you have um, you're placing a lot of value in them being brought along for the ride. A few other things around Slack specifically. So we talked about you know put out the message first, immediately follow with some kind of a live event so that people can hear from folks live. I also like to, as I mentioned before, point people to a dedicated help channel or question and answer channel. You can call it whatever you uh, works best for your organization on a big topic like that. So for example, when, uh, when Slack announced that uh, we had entered into an agreement to be acquired by Salesforce back in early December of last year, uh, in addition to having that global announcement and having an all hands so that we could talk about it with the company, we also created a help acquisition channel that was live from the very first moment so that employees had a dedicated place to come and ask questions. And granted, at Slack, we have a help channel system in place that is very well known to employees. So we have a help channels for benefits, help channels for finance, help channels for travel, help channels for internal communications, help channels for everything. And they all follow a similar uh, way of operating where you have the right subject matter experts in there. You have an SLA for how quickly questions are responded to. Um, and you have a system for indicating how urgent questions are, et cetera. So we already had that framework in place that we could adopt for something like this, but typically help channels work, you know, they work really, really well for those things that are all the time, like benefits, as I mentioned, because people will always have questions about benefits. So have an always on benefits channel that is just going to run for the duration of your company's you know, lifespan. But having a sort of a time bound help channel for some of these massive events, like an IPO, like an acquisition, like COVID, uh, or work from home or whatever it is that your company is experiencing gives you gives employees one place to funnel all of their questions and concerns. And it also makes it a lot easier behind the scenes to be able to manage uh, answering those questions. So that way, if one person comes in and asks a question, you can respond to it in thread in the Slack channel. 
And we like, I like to use emoji on uh, the actual questions themselves. I like to use the eyes emoji to indicate we've seen your question, we're working on it. And then once the question has been answered in thread, put a green check mark on to indicate that it's been answered. And that way, when other people come to the channel later, they are able to at a glance see, oh, hey, that's my, that's my question. It's already been answered. Or like somebody else already asked the thing that I was wondering about or, and look, there's already an answer. I can go ahead and, and open the thread and look at it. And ultimately you end up creating a live updating FAQ document. So yes, you're going to have something that is going to get everybody started at the beginning of the announcement, but you want to be able to create room for all the things that you missed and making that something that is public, making that something that is quickly updated, making that something that um, you know, gets the right people answering the right questions in the right spaces. It's a good part of the employee experience and it also makes your life as a practitioner a lot easier. Um, one other thing I'll say before we move on from this question is the idea of having private prep channels behind the scenes to actually prepare for these big announcements. So I've talked a lot about what is the employee facing experience and how are they getting these communications and how are they interacting with the news. But in order to even get to the point where you're ready to put that out into the world, having private channels with just the people who are working on different pieces and parts of the announcement to be able to come together to make decisions, to document those things, to be able to collaborate on files, to be able to uh, just keep close tabs on each other and answer each other's questions really quickly, makes it that much easier to get the work done and to make sure that there is clear alignment before anything goes public. And so, for example, with, uh, with the Salesforce acquisition of Slack, that we are currently working on. I am in multiple private channels with different stakeholders for different pieces and parts of the project where we are working day in and day out just tactically on how are we going to do this and what's it going to look like? And uh, do we need to iterate on this thing or do we have approval on this thing or what questions do we have here? And that way that's, you know, no employees never need to see that part of it, but that's how the actual like sausage gets made. And then by the time it goes into a public space, it is already fully sorted, fully aligned, and really polished and ready to go. So I think being able to marry those two things together helps make it easier to get the work done and also creates a really seamless experience for employees. At Slack, does everything run on Slack? Like, for example, do you think that email is less pervasive at your company than at other companies? Like, I know a lot of companies that use Slack, but also have an intranet. And the feedback is my Slack moves too fast and I just need some stuff to sit there on this other place. What guidance do you have for communications professionals that are looking to streamline the flow of communications and offer a more frictionless experience? Like what is your Slack pitch? The beauty of Slack as a product is that it is completely agnostic and it can benefit your organization no matter what your communication infrastructure looks like. So in a perfect world, I would love to just not use email internally. And at Slack, we don't use email internally at all. Employees have email addresses so that they can communicate externally with external partners and customers, uh, which is actually becoming even less necessary now that we have Slack Connect, where you can have a, a shared channel between different uh, companies. But internally, we don't use email at all. And so in my perfect world, Slack is the absolute central core of communication. It is the hub for everything. And email becomes irrelevant. I would also argue that intranets are becoming 
less and less relevant because it's not necessary to continue pushing people to different places in order to get the information that they need to do their jobs. So what I, as an internal communications practitioner, separate from the fact that I work for Slack, but just as an internal communications practitioner, I love Slack because it gives your employees one place to go to get everything that they need. And so they can go there to get all of their official company announcements. They can go there to get all of their questions answered. Uh, if there are static things that you need them to be able to access, then there are different platforms that integrate with Slack that make that very easy. I really like Guru. It's one where you can, you can put anything in Guru that employees will ever need. Like what is our social media policy? Uh, what are our US benefits details, et cetera. But an employee never needs to go to Guru to get that information. All they need to do in Slack is go to their, their Guru bot and say US benefits 2021. And it will pop up with all of that content just in Slack. So you never have to leave. So that's where I would say that, and you know, sending people to an intranet and to their email and to you know, maybe this other platform to chat with one another and this other platform for this, it's just pulling people in too many different directions. And context switching is a real problem. So the more that we can keep people in one place where they can do their work, where they can get the information that they need to do their jobs, where they can collaborate with one another, where they can build community across the organization, the better off that employee experience is going to be because it's just so much, there's a lot less friction. It's so much more seamless. It's so much faster and it's better for the employees. And it's also better for those of us, you know, behind the scenes trying to figure out how to uh, manage communications because we're able to be that much closer to the employee base and know in an instant how they're feeling, what they're thinking about, what is making them happy, what is you know making them frustrated, et cetera. And so being able to have everybody in one place is really powerful. Now that said, everyone's Slack, even within one company is going to look a little bit different because it is so customizable. Uh, so you know, if I look at my Slack next to say even the person who, a person who reports to me, we're going to have, it's going to look pretty different. There will be some commonalities, but because I can say, you know what, this is how I want to organize my channels. This is how I want my sidebar to look. I don't want, I, I'm going to mute channels that I don't necessarily want to leave, but I don't need to be notified about, or actually this channel is super important. So if anytime people are going to ask questions about this acquisition, I want to get the loudest notification possible to tell me that there's something in there I need to go pay attention to. You can adjust all of that to make it as personalized of an experience as, as possible so that it can really, really work for you. And so at the end of the day, I think simplifying your communications infrastructure, don't try to send employees to a bunch of different places, keep them in one spot, make it as easy as possible for them to access the things that they need, make it really clear where they go to get different kinds of information. And ultimately that is going to free up a lot of time and energy in your employee's day to be able to better understand the business or put their discretionary effort towards something else or you know whatever it is that is going to really make your company tick. At Slack specifically, I'm, I referenced this already, but at Slack specifically, we do not use email internally. Everything happens in Slack. Uh, we have a lot of integrations into Slack with other pieces of software because certainly Slack isn't the only piece of software. You know, We use Workday for our HRIS system. Workday has an integration into Slack. So I, as a manager, don't need to go to Workday to like approve time off for my team. I get 
a notification in Slack and it pops up and it says, do you want to approve this time off for this person? And I say, yes. And then it's done. And I never need to leave the platform. And again, just being able to have that kind of seamless interaction makes my day that much easier to manage and fewer things slip through the cracks. Um, and it doesn't feel like so much of a slog to try to keep up with both the administrative side of work and the collaboration side of work and you know, being able to put all of those things together in one spot. It just streamlines everything. So I think the future is the future is something is Slack or something like it, as our uh, CEO has often said. And now that I have worked in a Slack-centric environment for five plus years and been able to spend time with customers across industries and across demographics and regions and help them see how Slack can improve their communication infrastructure, it's just such a powerful tool that I can't fathom going backwards to an era of email and intranets. Admit it, you deny a lot of PTO. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm really, ruthless. really, really ruthless. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Okay. I'm going to get you out on this question. So part of your role at the company is culture. Yeah. How can companies best leverage Slack as a way to drive culture? Because just creating like a jokes channel or a meme channel, like isn't culture. It's not culture on its own, but what I would say is culture is feeling like you are able to be yourself at work and that you are able to uh, find communities of people who have similar interests as you and that you're able to build meaningful relationships at work. And I think that is part of culture. And at Slack and within Slack, I think there are there's a, there's a lot of great ways to do that using the same platform that enables you to move faster in doing your job and to have a better understanding of the company, that same platform can really enable those employee communities and employee connections to thrive. And sometimes that does mean a jokes channel or a memes channel. Um, And let me give you just a little peek into how I think about this for Slack, the company. We have a dedicated workspace that is just called our social workspace. And I couldn't tell you how many channels are in there. It doesn't matter. Like I, I, the last, the last metric I am concerned about on any given day is how many Slack channels do we have? Um, but particularly in our social workspace, but what happens in that workspace is there's just so many organic communities that have sprung up around different interests. And some of them are tiny and some of them are huge and some of them are public and some of them are private. Some of them are on serious topics and some of them are on just sort of random silly topics. But ultimately we've given employees a space where it's, where they have the freedom to find others who have common interests and build connections and relationships with them, regardless of where they are in the world, what team they're on, uh, what kind of work they do, et cetera. And those relationships that are built have a lot of business related power, because the day that somebody does need to work with that person that they have been communicating with in the dad jokes channel for the last two years, the type the day that they do need to work together, they're not starting from a blank slate. They're like, oh my God, like I already know this person. I trust them. I've got, you know, we're, we're starting from a great place. And it also helps your employees feel like they have a deeper connection to the company. 
Uh, and I'll give you a very personal example. So in my five years at Slack, I, I have gone through infertility. I've gone through IVF treatment. I've gone through pregnancy. I went through having a child. Uh, and now, you know, being the mother of a wild and wonderful three-year-old. And I have had a community of people at Slack that have supported me every single step of that way. So we have a channel that uh, now I, I uh, am kind of like the, the, the mother and nurturer of called Pins and Needles for folks who are going through different kinds of fertility situations. We have, uh, and that's a private channel. We have a private channel just for uh, people who are pregnant. And oftentimes people will uh, join that channel when they aren't even public with the information, just to be able to have like a community of people who gets it and who can uh, support them and help give them advice. Uh, and that's also priceless for trying to navigate all of the you know, benefit systems and things that can be really confusing when you're entering, you know, trying to enter early parenthood. Um, the parents channel, again, another private channel is just absolutely priceless, both for uh, advice and but also for sharing silly things that our kids do and just making each other laugh. It was priceless through uh, COVID because we were everybody had just the most absurd situations and stories to share from trying to balance, you know, homeschooling and working from home and all of the things. And it really helped us all support each other through an otherwise devastatingly hard situation. Um, but perhaps the most powerful uh, private channel that I've been throughout that journey is our private mother's channel. And that's a group of women who I have leaned on when, you know, I, it's, you know, nine o'clock at night and my child is crying and I don't know what to do. And I'm, you know, feeling like a horrible person and I'll reach out to that group of women and be like, please like, help me. What am I, what am I doing wrong? Like, am I ruining my child by letting them cry? Like what? It, and I know this is going like in a very different direction from talking about work, but the relationships that I have built with people at Slack because of the freedom to create these kinds of communities and connections is part of what keeps me so deeply loyal and connected to the organization. It's part of what helps me feel so, like I have such incredible skin in the game because it isn't just about a product. It isn't just about software. It definitely, you know, it's enterprise software on its own. It's not something that you, you have a lot of like touchy-feely kind of emotional connections to. But as an employee, I've been able to, to really feel like I am part of something bigger than myself and that I am able to really live my full life uh, with this organization. And that is, that is a, powerful, a powerful situation to have created for folks. And, uh, you know, just so that you don't think that it's all sad and serious topics, you know, we also have a million channels for different musicians and different movies and media. And we have channels for every sport imaginable and so many different silly things. We even have a channel um, for where we just type in all caps and we call it social yelling. And you just, uh, it's a lot of like joyful yelling about anything that is happening in life, which is really fun. And so being able to connect, create those, those communities is really powerful. The other thing I would say is part of culture beyond that community building is transparency and it's accessibility and it's like how are you uh, as you know leaders in an organization or how are you as a, a company sort of you know capital c how are you 
opening yourself up to the employee base and how are you making yourself accessible? And I think particularly in a world that is moving more and more toward remote work and less of that in-person experience where you might just run into people, um, particularly like your leaders or even like see them live during an all hands meeting or something like that, being able to create those connections between leaders and the broader organization is also key. So for example, at Slack, we have a channel called Exec AMA that all of our executive leaders are in. And employees know that they can go to that channel and ask any question that's on their mind related to the business and that our execs are there and part of answering them. Also, our executives are active in our social channels, um, you know, some more than others for sure, uh, but everyone has sort of like a niche that they play in. So our general counsel, for example, is in our cats channel. And he is one of the greatest sources of advice for people who are having cat issues that you could ever imagine. And it's kind of adorable that you have this incredibly, um, you know, senior person, Section 16 officer in the company who is like, oh, you might want to try this other kind of cat food if your cat keeps throwing up. Um, but it's just lovely. It makes them very human and it makes them, um, you know, helps them, helps everyone realize that like, we're all just in this together. We're all just people. We're all working it out as we go. Um, so exec AMA, I think it's really powerful having your executives active in social channels where you can in an authentic way, certainly. Uh, and then uh, there are, there are other ways you can do it. Like I like to do live AMAs in, in Slack, uh, with senior executives for, you know, different, um, you know, different situations that are going on. Like, oh, we just released our diversity report. Let's make sure that we have, you know, our CEO and our head of people together doing a live AMA in Slack um, within a day or two so that they can answer questions live. We also have a, a Where's the Boss channel, which is just a silly channel that's all like pictures of our CEO as he goes around the world and goes and talks to investors and customers and things like that. Certainly has been a little less active during COVID. Um, but when he and his wife just welcomed a new baby a few weeks ago, it was, we had, we were able to put a very exciting post in there. Well, he actually did it, but, um, where he was able to introduce his son to everybody in the company, but again, just being able to make leaders accessible. And I think the nature of Slack as a, as a platform where it's very conversational, it takes away a lot of the formality that you find in email. There's no like how am I going to introduce this? And how am I going to sign off? And like, it's just conversation and it strips away a lot of the formality that I think can be really distracting and also make people seem less, less uh, accessible and less relatable. Uh, and when you're all kind of trying to do something hard, which I mean, running a business is hard, trying to stand out from the competition is hard, trying to um, you know, navigate whether it's something crazy like an IPO or an acquisition, or it's just like, we just want to get traction so that we can get our first funding round, whatever it is, you're doing something hard if you're working on a business together and being able to strip out some of that formality, get straight to the point, build strong relationships, get your work done quickly, streamline that information flow. Um, it goes a long way in helping you not only achieve those goals, but feel really connected to them every step of the way and be able to see how you contribute directly to that big picture. The great Amanda Atkins with a masterclass on how to best use and navigate Slack. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for having me.